I'm Amelia McCary. I am a medical student at Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm also a student editor for In Training, um, the online med student magazine, and I'm here to talk um, to Dr. Sharma, who is an ophthalmologist and the founder of Med School, um, a little bit about Med School. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Sharma, could you give us like a little background about yourself, uh, where you went to med school, and uh, kind of what led you to create this online platform? Sure. So... I started off uh, as a medical student at Dalhousie University, uh, so that's on the East Coast in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I then did my residency in ophthalmology at Queen's University. Um, I took a bit of a circuitous route, went to grad school after that, uh, did a master's in epidemiology, uh, and then did uh, actually three fellowships in retina, so one at Queen's University one at Will's Eye Hospital in Philadelphia, and one at Mass Eye near in Boston. Uh, returned to become an attending um, surgeon at Queen's University, but then also went to grad school again to do an MBA. Um, so it was it was quite a long route, I guess. Um, in terms of That's what awesome. took me, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of what what uh, I guess the. You know, I, I, for a number of years, I've been involved in technology and medical education, you know, in, in all uh, iterations, I guess, both in, in patient care, um, in CME. Uh, but what, what became apparent, you know, was actually in the classroom about three years ago, given a lecture on acute visual loss. And, and what struck me is how quickly people were tuning out to my lecture, you know, within about two or three minutes, people were logging onto Facebook and, and uh, YouTube and uh, you know, Google Hangouts and everything. And so it, it just sort of struck me that the way that we had constructed our lectures, which were, you know, pretty didactic one-hour sessions at the time, um, was somewhat archaic and wasn't really reaching the way that, uh, you know, students today are, are attuned. You know, you've all grown up, um, you know, with technology being central, uh, watching mm-hmm. short videos and, and having multiple sources open. So that was really the impetus for saying, you know, can we fundamentally design the one-hour lecture, um, and do it in, in a digital format. Oh, very cool. Okay. I, yeah, I definitely have a, a lot more questions about uh, med school. Sure. Um, actually, I was kind of wondering, so you did, it sounds like most of your training in Canada, um, and now you're clinical faculty at a med school in Canada as well? Um, That's correct, so yes. I was just wondering... Um, is there a difference in the Canadian medical education and the United States medical education? And um, if there is, like, how does med school address that? And if not, uh, how, how do you make yeah. United States students aware about that? Yeah, so I would say, you know, from my firsthand experience, there's actually very little difference between, uh, you know, between the two. Um, so, you know, again, I, I, I train in both Philadelphia and Boston, and you know, I see 99.9% of the training is very, very similar. Um, you know, in, in Canada, maybs what we do is uh, we use the flip classroom a little bit more, uh, but the core, okay. you know, the, the meat of what you're learning is, uh, you know, is around these 200 um, presentations in the biochemistry and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the kind of anatomy and things like that is, is, is fundamentally the same. You know, where, where I think there is differences is not so much 
um, in the core material, uh, but it's really how um, you know the healthcare system is implemented. And so we have a kind of a single provider system, uh, and and you have much more kind of managed care penetration. And so there's subtleties, you know, that that uh, I guess would become much more applicable uh, towards the end of your training and and more into residency and and actual you know when you're a practitioner and just managing. Um, through the system, but but fundamentally, I think um, you know whether you get your your medical school uh, or, or your degree from Dalhousie University of U of T or from Stanford or Harvard, um, it's fundamentally the same. Okay, okay, that's really interesting. Um, so I was also wondering, um, like I think one of the big challenges um, when you're a medical student is figuring out which resources to use. Uh, for studying because there are just so many available resources. And so I'm wondering how is your website, Med School, different um, than other websites with like a similar premise, say like Sketchy or Pathoma or Khan Academy or something like that? Yeah, those are, those are great questions. So, you know, I'd say the, the first, uh, you know, our starting point for when I realized that there was there was a problem you know, was I, I wanted to create a resource that was right across the board. So um, not just ophthalmology, um, but we, we said, like, you know, let's see, can we do essentially the entire medical curriculum? Now, the Medical Council of Canada essentially oversees our, our 17 medical schools here, and they roughly say, okay, for, for each medical school to be accredited, you have to cover these core 200 learning objectives. And those objectives are uh, really clinical in nature. So so it's they're presentation based. So, for instance, in ophthalmology, you know, it's acute visual loss, chronic visual loss, double vision, glaucoma, that kind of stuff. You know, for cardiology, it would be chest pain, shortness of breath, palpitations like that. So, you know, there's 200 of these objectives, and that was really our starting point. So, our, our main focus was to say, you know, can we create a, a homogeneous approach for all 200 of these of these objectives? So. Um, unlike some of the other resources that are out there, you know, we're we're kind of the entire breath, I guess, of uh, uh, of medicine. The second oh, way wow. that that I, I wanted to do this was to say, you know, can we create this in a fashion that it's it's free, open access? So sort of following the, the FOMED, you know, um, uh, motto. Um, and so, you know, we we actually, uh, you know, anyone in the world, whether they're in medical school or not. You know whether they're a practicing physician, a nurse, um, or even even a family member or a patient who's ill themselves can access our content. So that was also another kind of guiding principle for us. Um, okay, and that's that's FOMED. Is that what yeah, you said? FOMED. FOMED. So mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, FOMED. I had never so heard of that free, until I saw your website. Yeah. So that's free open access medical education FOMED. Um, and then the, uh, you know, the last piece is I know that there's a a lot of great resources out there that, you know, are examination, uh, you know, question databases that that allow uh, students to, uh, to access to, to review, you know, questions. Um, I, I guess where, where our approach is, is, you know, we, we didn't really, there's a lot of dialogue in the, you know, K to 12 space around teaching to the test. And we wanted to make sure that we weren't doing that actually. So we wanted to have a resource that that really was very practical in the sense that it helped students uh, really understand how to manage a patient if they walk in through the door, you know, with a, with a certain complaint or a certain presentation. So, for instance, 
the way that we've created the resources, um, let's talk specifically, my module was on acute visual loss. So we created three pieces of content. So one is a, a short um, whiteboard animation. So just a three minute animation that essentially says, if someone with acute visual loss walks in through the door, here are things that you just can't afford to miss. So, you know, we talked about things like retinal detachment, wet macular degeneration, or giant cellular arteritis. Um, now, another sort of source of differentiation is we also, you know, I'm a visual learner. Uh, you know, my wife, for instance, is more of a text-based learner. She went to medical school as well. Um, and then there's other, you know, there's other students who are audio-based learners. And so we also wanted to make sure that we were appealing to all, you know, different types of learning styles. And so the the way that we're creating the modules, we start off with the two-minute whiteboard or three-minute whiteboard animation. The next thing we do is have a thousand-word uh, summary, which generally follows the SOAP format. Um, so for your listeners out there, the, you know, we talk about SOAP in the sense of S being subjective, O being objective, A and P are assessment and plan. So we wanted to make sure that you know all students were you know, had a, had a good grasp on the, of the key questions that they need to be asking. You know, if someone walks in with acute visual loss, you need to be asking, is there floaters and flashes of light just to make sure that they don't have a retinal attachment. Um, and uh, so we provide that 1,000-word written summary for, you know, more text-based learners. And then the last piece is uh, we have a, a, a full lecture. Now, I, I kind of chuckle a little bit because we started out with one-hour lectures. Um, and, and this, you know, our focus groups were here at Queen's University, but I'm sure, you know, your focus groups wouldn't matter where they are because the feedback to a T was, you know, there's no way we're sitting through one hour lectures anymore. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> the, the sweet spot, the sweet spot seems to, and, you know, I've, I've got, uh, I've got kids kind of, uh, you know, my oldest son's 19 and he's in the same boat too. It's, you know, I, I think things have evolved to very short messages. Um, and I think the sweet spot seems to be, about a 15 to 18 minute lecture. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's long enough to really get the meat on, on the bones of the topic that's short enough that you're not losing um, your, uh, your learners. And so, you know, that's essentially what our core lecture is. Um, it, and it's, it's the format there is, you know, we generally start off with a bit of a zebra case. So again, when I, when I was presenting acute visual loss, I had a young guy in his early twenties who suddenly lost his vision had a central retinal artery occlusion. So when we looked in, they had a cherry red spot. Um, when we listened to their chest, they had a, a you know a four or five out of six systolic ejection murmur. Um, and then you know two hours later, they were on the operating table getting a new valve heart valve put in. So they had severe aortic stenosis. So you know a case like that, I would see one in every ten years or so. And so we just wanted to make sure that you know as a student, you realize that it really anything can walk through the door. But the vast majority of the lecture then is around centered around kind of bread and butter cases and discussion of them, um, and then leaving the learners with a couple of key points. And again, for me, that's, you know, if someone walks in the door with acute visual loss, they need emergent referral just to make sure they don't have a retinal attachment. And the second mm-hmm. thing is you always have to make sure to ask about constitutional symptoms, you know, weight loss, jaw claudication, those sorts of things, because some people, especially in the older age, can have giant cellular arteritis, which is, you know, obviously a life-threatening um, uh, condition. So, you know, that's generally the format that we're following for, for all of our modules. And so I guess that's another, you know, form of differentiation is that we have this consistency really right across the board. 
And I think the, the last way, um, you know, you brought up Khan Academy, and I think they, you know, they do a wonderful job. Um, but, I, you know, what very early on I think I made the decision was I think it would be a little, um, uh, you know, kind of disingenuous or, or just uh, not exactly. I'm sure people wouldn't want me to be lecturing on how to deliver, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a baby or, you know, doing do neurosurgery or something. So I said, wouldn't it be awesome if we could, you know, get, uh, you know, kind of the top notch, like some of the best professors in the world um, who are super passionate about their areas. And that's so a large part of the, the initial wave of the, of the platform and, and the project was trying to identify these, these 200 different, you know, world experts in the areas who are award-winning. And so we actually, you know, had many, many discussions with the Dean's offices right across um, you know, North America and in Europe, um, uh, also student medical associations, both at the national level as well as the school levels, say, okay, you know, we have to cover a lecture on, uh, you know, a cough, for instance, or, uh, you know, headache. And, you know, do you have someone who's a, a neurosurgeon who's who's won in a, you know, a national award or is super passionate about education? And so, you know, luckily enough, uh, we've been able to identify and work with 200 of, uh, of these individuals. And so that's, you know, that's really the offering. Uh, our, our solution to the problem is to say, you know, can we work with these outstanding individuals to create um, an open access platform that helps the next generation of physicians? Very cool. So, okay, so just like a couple... Um Kind of detailed question. So it's an open access platform, and you already talked about the FOMED. So um, is that is it free for students? Like, are students able to access all of the content, or do you need to pay to access certain levels? Yeah. So the the core two hundred modules, which is what we're just uh, just completing at this stage, is is free. So for really anyone mm-hmm. anyone can access it. So as a medical student. You just need to go to medschool, M-E-D-S-K-L dot com. Uh, you can register okay. for a, for an account, which is very easy to do. And then right away, you're off to the races. You can access everything that's there. Um, okay. We we are in discussions with a number of universities to to kind of add a premium part to it with with testing platform and sort of increased functionality. So that's the core business will be around, uh, you know, kind of premium platform um, issues, um, but, but for students at this point, everything is free, and they can uh, they can use it to supplement um, their uh, their education. You know where where okay. we see ourselves evolving is, and this is what we're doing at Queens is, you know, the content now is being used in the classroom. Um, and so when I say a flipped classroom, the way that looks is again, let's just go back to our acute visual loss lecture. Um, students would go to a learning management system, so the online platform for Queen's University. Um, they they download and preview a lot of the content that we have before the class, and then the one-hour lecture, which traditionally was was much more didactic, then becomes much more case-based, where you know we show various cases, and there's a much more sort of free-flowing dialogue around the cases and how to manage it, as opposed to what traditionally would be a relatively stale one-hour lecture. Okay. Yeah, I, def- I I enjoy the flipped classroom setup myself. I think it gets everyone yeah, much more involved. Yeah, I think most do too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then how about, so it sounds like, uh, for what you've been describing so far, it sounds like um, a lot of emphasis on clinical encounters and, um, like, cases as you might see when you actually 
encounter a patient? Do you also cover like basic science, like just anatomy, biochemistry, embryology, um, that stuff, or is there more of a focus on the clinical encounters? Yeah, I would say there's definitely more of a focus on the clinical encounters, and so it's it's probably you know it's an interesting discussion because you know certainly in your clerkship, sort of years three to four in here in Canada, um, you know the med school content is kind of bang on, uh, but we're also having mm-hmm. a lot of discussions with um, you know the the people in charge of the first two years of the curriculum and. Um, and where they see real value is as they're lecturing in, in different areas, you know, whether it's biochemistry or anatomy, you know, students might not necessarily understand the clinical implications. And so when they can, you know, can sort of bridge to, you know, for instance, if it's, if it's vitamin A physiology or, uh, you know, phototransduction uh, at the cellular level, and then they can say, oh, okay, well now, you know, when this goes awry, a person can develop macular degeneration or retinitis pigmentosa. And then they they understand the clinical relevance uh, much greater. Um, so what okay. we're starting to do actually is, you know, as as we've got this great clinical base, um, we're starting to go backwards a little bit and start to say, well, here's some clinically relevant um, issues in terms of biochemistry, pathophysiology, and anatomy that you need to know about. But it's it's within the framework of having someone walking through the door, you know, with, you know, uh, coughing up blood or, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's it's rooted in the clinic, but then driving back to the basic science as opposed to the other way around. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So um, just for like for students who are considering integrating this into their study plan, would you say it's best for um, like what years in medical school, like say students preparing for staff, would it be helpful for them or do you think it's better for students who are in clinic, the clinical rotation years? Yeah, and so again, like every school is a little bit different, and it depends on how their how their clinical setup is. But you know, I would say, mm-hmm. for instance, here here in Canada, we roughly have a divide. First two years are are more basic science, and the last two years are are clinical. And so, you know, certainly um, where students take a lot more responsibility for their education in the last two years, that you know, med school is, is definitely of high value to them. Um, mm-hmm. But I would also say. You know, we, we even from day one have our students starting to get into the clinics. Um, you know, so w- when it's more of an integrated, uh, almost clerkship that starts in from day zero. Um, and so whether it's you know a you know a couple of hours a week or or more, um, as they're starting to discuss, you know, think about like one particular case or you know discussing a case, they really should be starting to use our content at that stage. Okay. Okay. Really interesting. Okay, so um, I I think you kind of touched on this before, but just kind of as like a um, like a conclusion question, what is your long term vision for medschool dot com, and um, how are you planning to get there? Well, that's a great question, um, and I, w- I would say that the long term vision really is um, you know to be an open access platform in a lot of ways. If you look at Wikipedia. Um, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, what Khan's done, we'd like to be the same for medicine. And, and we don't see ourselves only restricted to being a resource, you know, for third or fourth year medical students in North America. But we see ourselves as, you know, providing, you know, high quality content uh, to, to medical schools, you know, right across the world. So we're in discussions with, um, you know, some schools in Asia and Africa as well. Um, but we also... 
you know, it, it's it's important for us. There's a whole group of students that are are starting to access our content that I didn't really think about, um, and that's that's you know people who are interested in medicine. So we now have even mm-hmm. high school students and uh, undergraduates who who are starting to say, well, you know, I'm thinking about a career in medicine. What does it really entail? What does medical school really entail? And so um, it's quite rewarding to start to have you know, a lot of pre-meds and, and high school students and, you know, patients and family members starting to access our content. So, you know, it's hard to know, you know, five, 10 years where we'll be, but we do see ourselves uh, potentially as a, as a global platform. You know, in terms of, of really next exciting. steps and how to get... Yeah, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of steps and how to get there, I think our, our main focus is we're, you know, probably 70% or 75% done, uh, you know, the content library now. So we're at a, closing in at about 150 modules so the remaining 50, we should hopefully be done in the next three to six months. Um, and then kind of the, the next sort of term goals are just trying to get this content out. Um, and, you know, obviously having, having in training behind us and things like that is, is terrific. So it, we w- really want to raise awareness of what we're doing to all the medical schools and students, um, here in North America and abroad. Um, and, and we're, we're, you know, it's, I don't want to seem like it's a top-down approach in the sense that you know we're creating all of this stuff and here it is. It's it's actually quite an iterative approach. So we've had a lot of focus groups along the way, and we're you know we, we're all about partnerships. And so um, you know if if there's an additional layer of content or an additional functionality that people want to see, you know we, we'd love to hear that from your students and from your readers. And we certainly welcome you know input from from students in a lot of different ways, not only at the focus group levels, but we've had students who are interested in a career in either medical education or communications pertaining to medicine, like write in and say, hey, is there anything we can do to help? And so we've had some people, you know, uh, uh, we've partnered them with with some of the physicians to make sure, you know, even little things like, does the audio file sound good? You know, is there anything that's too much jargon? Um, to, to actually reviewing some of the content. So it's, um, yeah, so it's a fun uh, and open way that we're trying to communicate to, to medical students. That's really awesome. Yeah, definitely getting everyone involved. That's going to make it even better. I, um, I will definitely suggest it to my, uh, my peers. I think they would really enjoy it. I was able to go through the website and look at some of the videos. I like the way you have, like you were talking about earlier, there's like the audio, visual, and um, kind of like more hands-on examples. So I, I really enjoyed the setup. I think it's very helpful. Awesome. I really uh, appreciate that. We're, we've had a lot of fun doing it, that's for sure. That's awesome. Okay, well, it was so great talking with you. look forward to seeing more from med school in the future. So thank you so much. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.